welcome to episode 28 of the Fantasy Hipsters podcast. My name is Matt Harmon. Joined alongside with me is uh, my partner in crime here on this show, Matt Franchise. How, how you doing, pal? I'm good. Are, are we actually committing crimes or uh, maybe future endeavors? That is to be, um, my lawyer asks me to issue a statement of no comment to that. Ah, right. Okay. Well, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Getting ready for 4th of July weekend here, coming around the corner. Got to do this wedding like I've been talking about, so kind of looking forward to that. Yeah, that's right. Big 4th of July weekend coming up. Um, Hope everybody enjoys that. Uh, Before we get rocking and rolling here, uh, we do want to mention off the top, uh, because we talked about it on the end of the flagship episode this week, that this will be the last Hipsters podcast for a little while. Definitely two at the... At least for the next two weeks, we're going to be off. Fourth um, of July is coming up. I've got some things going on behind the scenes that uh, I need to take care of, and we'll be taking a little break from this podcast and all podcasts, too. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what else to say. That's my prepared statement, so so deal with it. Well, I, I definitely could use a break from you. Yeah. I mean, and to be honest, like this really isn't working. Um, this whole, I'm getting sick of talking to you every week. Oh. I'm certainly getting sick of, um, I, I don't know. just, just, just over it. Wow. Those harsh words. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. No, really. It is a, it is a thing I got to deal with, uh, for the next couple of weeks. So we'll be taking a break from the podcast. Uh, hopefully we'll be back after that in some form or fashion, but that kind of remains to be seen as well. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. So we'll, we'll have to just really, blow it out here on episode 28 i'm glad we made it to episode 28 though because that is one of my like favorite running back numbers uh you know i'm a big Uh, fan of like taking taking jersey numbers very seriously and 28 always seems to be a pretty sick indicator of running back success yeah man 28 that's a lot of episodes and uh adrian peterson was 28 right yeah he was 28 uh jonathan stewart marshall falk i don't know why i just put jonathan stewart in like their their stratosphere but um yeah. <laughs> cj cj spiller also 28 with the bills so super indicator of success like i said no it's a but yeah it's been a good amount of episodes like we've had an awesome awesome little run here with everybody um the the sponsors have been killer i mean we've gotten a ton of great uh great people on the show like of course our original sponsors i mean from the very beginning we've had do champs grooming on our side yeah. And uh, I think that's mostly been why we why we've had so much success as a podcast, at least I would say. I agree. I mean, they help us look good every single day with the hair wax and the beard oil. And I mean, you even shaved your beard off and you still use the product. So it's not just for guys with beards, you know, No, nah, we've we've definitely proven that do champs can be for guys with beards. It can be for guys without beards. Um, I mean, what else is there to say other than their vintage inspired handmade grooming products for the modern day man are what fuels the fantasy hipsters what's kept us going throughout these dry months of the offseason i mean we've had we've had a couple of nice shows here in the last couple of weeks despite the fact uh that there's like literally nothing to talk about and I, again i would say it's mostly because of do champs uh 100 and to give back a little bit to our listeners we actually have a promo code uh, so you go to dochampsgrooming.co, go buy some stuff in the shop, and uh, put in promo code HIPSTERSPOD, that's one word, HIPSTERSPOD, and you get 15% off. And, uh, I mean, why not? Like, get, get, you know, get a discount. Yep, I love it. All right, well, 
you want to jump into this last round of the opening up the mail satchel uh of course you can always email the show fantasyhipsters at gmail.com uh maybe we'll get to it in a you know in a few weeks maybe when we're back or we'll just ignore it it's one it's uh it remains to be seen however uh we do have some we do have some good ones so you want to dive right into it let's open up the mail satchel bro all right here we have uh first email comes in from joshua calendar or calendar depending on your uh, area of the country you're from. Uh, <laughs> he asks a pretty long question, so uh, we're going we're gonna to keep it. I'm going to kind of just parse it out here a little bit. Big fan of the podcast, but let's be honest, who isn't? Uh, I have a question which I'm sure neither of you will be a fan of, but wanted to get some thoughts and feedback on it. Uh, he talks about recently like what he's been doing in mock drafts. Um, he's talking mostly a lot about quarterbacks um, and whether he should kind of attack it early. Uh, same with like tight end and this, that, and the other. And he goes on to say, now the reason he does, he takes this approach is that there's just so much wide receiver talent between rounds five to 11 that there, that if you go six straight on the bounce, the likelihood that one of these guys will produce wide receiver one numbers week to week, at least there is a likelihood of that. You can round out your wide receiver core with guys like Willie Sneed, Pierre Garçon, Deshaun Jackson, take punts on that position, knowing your running backs, quarterbacks, and tight end are all potential number ones for their position. How do you guys feel about the strategy? Is it hipster or is it just stupid? A listener for life from across the pond, Josh. All right, so he talks about his first two picks will be like the best running backs available. Then he goes quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. And then in the fourth round, he goes tight end like Jordan Reed or Travis Kelsey. Now, usually, you know, I'm a guy who takes a quarterback and a tight end in the later rounds because you can always get guys, even in a 12-team league, they're still value to get there. But in a standard scoring 10-team league, I can see how this would work um, if it's a shallower league because then the quarterback and tight end slot is worth a little more. Uh, and it gives you that advantage, weekly advantage at both positions at the at the at that roster spot. Um, and I remember like the glory days when Jimmy Graham was still in New Orleans, and you could you could stack Drew Brees and Jimmy Graham. But you ha- Jimmy Graham was like a first round pick a couple of years ago, I think, in his last season in New Orleans before he went oh, yeah. to Seattle. And if you could stack Brees and Jimmy Graham, like that gave you an advantage every single week because they had that touchdown connection. So it's kind of the same idea. You're just, you're not just you're just not stacking two guys on the same team. Um, and I like like I think you can get some some clean you can clean up at wide receiver in the middle rounds. Um, I think it can work in a shallow shallower league. And if you're confident in your picks and you think it can pan out, I say go for it. Yeah, the only problem with that is like these guys. It, it's great to say like oh I can come away with the wide receiver core like Willie Sneed, Pierre Garcon, and Deshaun Jackson, but. What if you, you know, what if you just don't end up with those guys by happenstance or what, you know, what goes on during the draft? You know, then you might be prone to panicking and reaching for a wide receiver that you don't really actually like all that much. And, you know, just in general, the longer you go down the line with some of these wide receivers, the less predictable they come from a week become from a week to week perspective or even a season long perspective. Like some of these guys. You know, Pierre Garçon, I'm really into it, but it's just not. Obviously, there's no guarantees. The volume should be there, but from a week-to-week perspective, it's going to be a little rough. And, you know, with the quarterbacks, like, if you're going to take one early, you should obviously go – you should be striving for, like, the QB1 overall. And and Rodgers and and Breeze and guys like that and Brady will be – 
we'll be fighting for it. Uh, I, if I'm going to take a position earlier, I would definitely do it with tight end because that's just a, a rough position to predict week to week. Whereas quarterback, you generally know what you're getting into uh, from a matchup and, and production and volume standpoint uh, based on the game script from a week to week perspective. But it's not really the way I would go. I prefer to leave the early rounds with more established wide receivers just because some of these guys, they, they seem like easy, good bets now, but it doesn't always turn out that way. So I don't think it's a stupid strategy. It's an option, but I wouldn't like I wouldn't pencil in like I'm definitely going to go wide receiver later because I can get some of the like my favorite value guys, but because everybody could be targeting those guys and then you might end up in a position where you're a little desperate. Right. Yeah, I can see how it could work if the league format is right, but like in a deeper league, I would never do this because you just got to get the wide receivers earlier. Totally. That makes sense. All right, next question comes in from Ben Thompson. Hey, Matt, sending love for the podcast from Nottingham in the UK. Pronounced not uh, not ing um, not ham. Well, I just blew it, so okay, for you <laughs> Americans. Damn it. <laughs> what an idiot. My question is this. 12-team standard scoring redraft league. Am I crazy for wanting to take Jameis Winston way above his ADP given the weapons that he has this year? Quarterbacks tend to go a bit above ADP in our league, so right to reach for the one you like? Uh, as for music recommendations, you guys should go to should go try Longfellow and Walking on Cars on Spotify. Very hipster and would be interested to hear your takes on it. Hopefully I avoid being called a bum cheers guys ben is ben a bum have you heard of these bands or, or what i've never heard of them but and so i haven't listened to them so i can't determine whether or not ben is actually a bum well at least he's not a bum in terms of uh recommending you know a hipster band like he didn't be like hey hipster band alert have you ever heard of arcade fire like that would definitely make him a bum so um yeah i think i think that's i think i think i would say he is not a bum uh, on the Jameis Winston question, is ADP right now just on Fantasy Football Calculator, which we, as we mentioned in our last ADP episode, that site and Fantasy Pros can be a pretty good uh, barometer for kind of home league drafts. He is the 11th quarterback off the board in the eighth round. Like, I don't know how much farther you can take him ahead of his ADP and feel really good about it yeah. while the bucks have obviously added a lot of talent to their offense uh obviously oj howard chris godwin in the draft and of course deshaun jackson in free agency and that should make the passing game a lot better but winston still has his ups and downs as an individual player uh and also i'm not completely convinced that the bucks are just going to want to go open the passing game up i think they still want to be a mostly run-based offense so i don't think winston is going to probably give you like top five quarterback i don't think he has top five quarterback potential uh just based on what we've seen so far and the way the bucks have operated under winston's tenure uh and so that definitely doesn't make me think that i want to take him way above his adp because i can't really tell myself the story where he is where he's a top five quarterback and maybe not even like a week-to-week starter what how do you feel about him yeah so last year he was the qb 16 he actually was second he had the second most interceptions in the league with 18 so that's not good. Like, he's still young. He's still developing as a pro. I mean, I've heard really good things about his, how serious he's taking the job. Um, his leadership skills are, you know, even longtime veterans on the team are, are surprised by how much of a leader he's being and, like, how serious he's taking that. Um, everything is kind of lining up for him, him to have a good year in real life and in fantasy with all the weapons like you mentioned. Uh, but but his rookie year, you know, he had a good year in fantasy because he had six rushing touchdowns. He only had one rushing touchdown last year, so that kind of knocked his total fantasy end of the year fantasy totals. Um, I think 
that his his production last year also trailed off in the second half because if you remember the first four weeks, he was throwing the ball like 40, 45, 50 times a game. And they came out and said, look, we, we want to be more run-focused. And they came out, I think it was week five against Carolina, and they gave Jaquiz Rogers like, like 30 touches in the first half. So like you said, I don't think they want him throwing as much as he was last year. They want to be a more balanced offense. Um, I understand the hype with all the weapons. And if you like a guy, I say go get him. But he, like I said, he still he still has some work to do. Like you can't be throwing 18 touchdowns and be a top five fantasy quarterback. So I think there's some room for improvement. Hopefully it starts this year. Uh, but if you're reaching for him like ahead of the eighth or ninth round, I don't I don't think that's very smart. Yeah, and just looking at the six quarterbacks behind him on Fantasy Football Calculator, you got Marcus Mariota, who I actually probably would expect to be going higher than Winston in uh, August drafts once we get there, just based on all the hype around some of the weapons that they've added. But you, the yeah. other guys, Dak Prescott, Phillip Rivers, Eli Manning, Matthew Stafford, and Andy Dalton. Like, I don't see a big what would really separate Winston from any of those guys from a week-to-week and, and even a season-long perspective. Like, I think people, drafters have guys like Derek Carr in the sixth round. They have Jameis Winston in the eighth round, Marcus Mario in the ninth round, even Prescott in the, in the ninth as well. I think a lot of those guys are ahead of some of these veterans like Rivers, Manning, Stafford, and Dalton, pretty much just based on youth and an assumed progression. But quarterback production doesn't really work that way. So, um, yeah, I, I think – Winston's price is like okay, even even though I probably would never take him in the eighth round, but I certainly don't think I'd take him any higher than that. Yeah, agree. I think in Dynasty is a different story because I think he's going to be a good quarterback for a long time, but this year, you know, maybe pump the brakes a little bit. Nice. All right, next question comes in from Simon Woodfield, uh, another listener from across the pond. Big fan of the show all the way from Wales in the UK, a place you should definitely check out. Beautiful for hiking, walks, etc., and a great craft beer scene. I live in the same small town as Wales Top Craft Brewery, Tiny Rebel, and would love to send you some of their award-winning brews, including C, C uh, pronounced as if we were saying butch, but with a C, so kutch, I guess. Let me know how to hook you up. Email us again, buddy, and I'll let you know. Uh, anyway, on to fantasy, and this year will be my first year, first time playing. I've started a 12-team standard with some work colleagues. I've just completed a mock in preparation and wanted to get your views on how I've done. Uh, he, he was picking six overall. In particular, did I go too high for Michael Thomas, uh, who he took six overall? And so something you did, actually, in an MFL 10 we did with our listeners right. franchise. He says that Bell, David Johnson, Zeke, Antonio Brown, Julio had already gone. Um did I waste a pick on Jameis in round 10? And were there any standout bargains in the later round? So here's his team. First round, uh, Michael Thomas, then Amari Cooper, Christian McCaffrey, Bilal Powell, Stefan Diggs, Tyler Eifert, Cam Meredith, Doug Martin, John Brown, Jameis Winston, Quincy Inunua, Terrence West, Mason Crosby, Packers kicker, Alan Hearns, Eli Manning, and the Ravens defense. Thanks in advance and keep up the great work, you bums. Simon. What do you think, what do you think about this draft? So I, let's, let's start off with what I like. Okay. Uh, you know, Michael Thomas in the first round to me is aggressive. I, we've talked about that before, especially because it sounds like he just like you went Thomas over Odell. I can't really uh, get on board with that. I love the pick of Stefan Diggs in the fifth round. Yeah. Um, I, I'm really into that. Obviously, Cam Meredith in the seventh is another one that I've, I've been drafting. John Brown in the ninth is a great pick. Alan Hearns in the 14th round is, is kind of sneaky just because I think he's totally going overlooked. Um, and really, like all of his picks from round nine on – uh, 
are fine with me. Winston in the 10th, we just talked about how uh, that is, that's not a reach according to current ADP. Anun was fine. Terrence West in the 12th, I think, is a, is a solid round. So I think he really cleaned up kind of in, the, in those later rounds. How do you feel about his early picks? Well, like we talked about Michael Thomas, I did the same move at six overall, but that was a best ball league, and it was in, like, May. And uh, since then, I've done other ones, and I've gone OBJ there. It's just kind of hard to look at your roster and have Michael Thomas as your wide receiver one. Um, over a guy like Odell, who's just repeatedly been a top five wide receiver every year he's been in the league, or even like an A.J. Green there, I would feel more confident with. Um, Then at three and four with Christian McCaffrey and Bilal Powell, first of all, it's way too early for Bilal Powell. It's a standard league. It's not even a PPR league. Um, So I don't like that. And Christian McCaffrey, we talked about him on our flagship episode earlier in the week. It's a little too high. He's a rookie. We don't know exactly what his role is going to be. He might be splitting time with Jonathan Stewart to start. Um, I just don't think that's a really stable, like, RB1 and RB2 there. I would like to see some better names of guys who we know what their roles are going to be rather than, like, these are both kind of risky picks for me. So, you know, that's how I feel. I just think it's too early for those running backs and you got to go Odell Beckham in a standard league over Michael Thomas. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny that I like I like like everything he did after round five a lot more than the first four picks. Yeah, um, got some good values there later, but yeah. So I think I think you're probably going to be fine. Uh, I would definitely like we said. I'm not in the the wide receiver picks are fine. You know, I'm fine with Michael Thomas as my wide receiver one. Definitely prefer Odell Beckham, of course, there at, six, at sixth overall. But you know, whatever. Amari Cooper. I'm kind of getting more and more into Amari Cooper as we go through the process, especially like I think he has more ceiling than he's shown so far. And even so, I like the fact of him having him as like my wide receiver, too, because his week to week ceiling is is high, even if the floor is a little uh, nauseating. But yeah, his third and fourth round picks with McCaffrey and Powell were probably my least favorite. But overall, I think I think he did a solid job. Uh, just kind of keep working through that early round strategy. But you did you did good in the late rounds there, uh, Simon, you bum. So uh, feel feel good about that. Uh, next question comes in from Cody Hamilton. Hey, guys, love the show. Writing in from the state. At the pinnacle of tasty beer, Oregon, deal with it. Do you guys really like the hipster stuff like barley wines, Belgians, strong ales, and the like? Spend a lot of time in hipster heaven, Portland, and think you guys would love a good high ABV dose of heaven nectar. On the fantasy side and a 12-team standard keeper league, uh, keep quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and a flex. I have Brady or Winston, Antonio Brown, and Howard, but not sure if I go Baldwin, Reed, Lamar Miller, or Martavis Bryant for, for my flex keeper. Um... So out of those, so I don't know if you have any takes on barley wines, which which are I've had before, and they're they're pretty good. Uh, Belgian beer is obviously always always a strong one, and, and I can I can get down with a good like high ABV beer like every once in a while. Uh, yeah. But yeah. but like it can you know it's it's a little intimidating if you're gonna like go out and drink you know all night, uh, get like toasted off your first beer. That can be a, a little intimidating, but. You have any thoughts on those? And then the keeper guys that he talks about, Baldwin, Reed, Lamar Miller, or Martavis, you have a you have a favorite there. Of those beers, I prefer Belgians. Uh, I don't even I don't know if I've ever had a barley wine. Oh, it's good stuff. We had there used to be this uh, like beer and wine fest down in Lynchburg uh, that we would go to um, in the latter portions of when I went to college and lived there. So uh, nice. that, that was there are some good like wild wines like that. So you know. Uh, I would recommend, but uh, yeah, so uh, but check it out sometime. 
I will. I'll look into barley wines. As for the fantasy advice here, he says he has Brady or Winston. Obviously, you're going to keep Tom Brady. Uh, Baldwin, Reed, Miller, or Bryant. I think you got to go Baldwin just because he's like, you know, the highest valued wide receiver this year. I think you could make a case for Martavis, but he's kind of questionable coming off the suspension. We don't know how serious, you know, how serious of a role he's going to have. Hopefully, hopefully it's all systems go with Martavis Bryant and he's just a stud. But I think if it's a keeper, you got to go with the more sure thing and Doug Baldwin. Uh, Jordan Reed's always injured and Lamar Miller is just kind of underwhelming. So my instinct is to go Baldwin as well, but there's I, I can make a pretty good case for Reed just because you know when he's on the field, as you mentioned, he's always hurt. But when he's on the field, uh, he is as good of a tight end producer in fantasy as Rob Gronkowski from a yeah. points per game standpoint. That's a pretty big difference maker, especially if you're keeping him as a flex. Then you don't have to spend like the high draft capital to get him. So I think I think he's the more he's the more upside play. Baldwin's a little bit safer, but uh, I think I'm pretty tempted to go Reed. So that's kind of I think I would end up going that way. And right. you know, I love I love Baldwin, but I'm I'm okay uh, cutting him loose. All right, I just I just can't deal with Reed's injury risk. It's just too much of a headache for me. But I see where you're coming from. Yeah, you're more of a you're more of an injury, uh, a little more cautious with injuries than I am, which is good. That's why we balance each other out. Um, you know what'll balance out your wardrobe, though, franchise? What's that? It's the Marciante and Company shoes. They're uh, a new quality shoe brand promising to revolutionize the industry. Their genuine leather shoes, boots, and accessories are made from top leathers and are carefully crafted to last a lifetime. The best part, it won't cost you half your paycheck. By selling directly to you online and cutting out the middleman, Marciante and Company is able to slash the retail prices and pass those savings on to you. Speaking of being passed on to you, bro, uh, word tells me that you just... uh, you just opened up your first pair of Marciante and Company shoes. You want to give us a, a live on-air review? Yeah, man. So they were at my door. I opened up the door this morning, and the box was there waiting for me. I cracked them open. Uh, I got like the almost. It's like a khaki color. It's like a light tan uh, suede outer. It's like a Chelsea boot style with a little bit of flex in the ankle. So I had to. They're like slip-ons. I had to use the old shoehorn in true hipster fashion mm. to slip them on. Uh, they were super comfortable, super soft soles, um, and the flex in the ankle really, it's not like stiff on the ankle, which like when I have a boot that's stiff in the ankle, I just can't deal with it. So I really like how comfortable they are. My foot slid right in. They're a perfect fit. They smell great. They, they, they got that new shoe smell. It's that, it's that genuine leather. Mm. And uh, I think I'm going to rock them this weekend when I officiate this wedding. So I'm kind of looking forward to that and I'll take pictures and post them on social media so you guys can see what they look like but yeah i I love them so far well yeah definitely be uh i actually have a wedding this weekend too i haven't got mine yet of course i'm still uh you know getting back to la getting getting settled in or whatever so yeah yeah, uh of course i have a wedding this weekend too so i'll probably be doing the same thing so check out us on you know on twitter and instagram and all that we'll be posting that stuff but of course while Marciante and company is launching their first line in July, what we guys want for you, from you right now is to follow them on social media at Marciante and company and check out the website, marciante and company.com. 
And if you want to get the shoes just like we do, uh, you, of course, can go to that website. And they just started a free Shoes for Life giveaway contest uh, this last week. It's had a terrific response so far. Uh, and essentially, all you got to do is just go there, follow the instructions right at the top of the website, and you can literally be winning shoe- free shoes for life. I mean, come on. Shoes are expensive, yo. So they clearly can hook you up. Who doesn't want free shoes for life? Uh, they've got men's. They've got women's. They've got everything. So go ahead and check out Marciante and Company and get ready for July when they launch, launch their first line. Love it. Looking forward to actually rocking these out, out in, the, uh, in the public public eye and seeing how I feel walking around. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll come back with a review after I rock them for a day. All right, man. Um, yeah. we are, we are looking forward to the review. Nice. Uh, next question comes in from Mark Conce- a conspection. Is it conspection or conception? Conception. 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 All yeah. right. Hey, hipsters, based on current ADP, who are your favorite running back targets in the middle rounds? Keep up the great work as always. Thanks. Mark from White Plains, New York, trying to become a friend of the show. Uh, you got any favorite like mid round running back types? Let's say like after the you know fourth ra- or uh, fifth round or later. Yeah, the guys I highlighted are Ty Montgomery, who we talked a lot about on the show. I think he's going 52 overall, according to Fantasy Pros. Uh, huge upside, kind of learning to become a better running back after starting his career as a wide receiver, learning up how to pass block. Uh, he's also a great choice in PPR because he's a wide receiver, so he, he, we know he has good hands. Uh, I also like LeGarrette Blunt, who's going in the middle rounds. I think he's going 66 overall. Mm. Um, I don't know if his ADP is going to stay there because I think as we get closer to the season, you know, he'll have a more defined role, and I think – his touchdown upside is just too too good to pass up in the early rounds. Right now, he's a mid-round guy. I kind of find myself taking him in a lot of mocks. Um, and then Tevin Coleman, he's going at 62 overall right now. I don't think this guy gets enough enough love. He had 11 total touchdowns last year, averaged 12.3 fantasy Oof. points per game uh, in standard scoring. I think he does even better this year. And, you know, people are concerned about the split with Devonta Freeman. And, yeah, that's real. I don't think Tevin Coleman's going to have a 1,000-yard season, but 11 total touchdowns for a guy you can get, like, early early sixth, mid, you know, early sixth, seventh round. I think you got to take him there all day. Yeah, I would disagree with you pretty strongly on Coleman just because I think the overall offense in Atlanta is primed for regression just a little bit. I mean, I think they can still be a top-five unit, but if they're not historically good like last year, somebody's going to have to fall down, and I would imagine Coleman would be one of those. He also averaged like 13 yards per reception. That would, it's gonna, that's going to be a tough one to uh, repeat. So, And, and really, to, to make like any sense of how Coleman is going to – be as great as a standalone pick as he was last year at least return six round value then you'd have to take something away from devonta freeman which you know i i would i would caution anybody against doing that so i'm, I'm gonna disagree with you on tevin coleman but i like most of the other ones that you talked about uh guys i like kind of going in the fifth round or later mike gillisley right now on fantasy football calculator at running back 25 you know that, that seems like the ceiling is kind of priced in there of course it might be tough week to week but I, I i don't mind that taking that stab there on gillisley um i've mentioned other guys like just on pure opportunity that i like like paul perkins is one uh who in the, he's kind of a six-round pick right now i don't mind taking a stab on him because right now i mean the uh the giants don't have anybody else same with amir abdullah at running back 26 
fine with him there because he's getting some buzz. And uh, if that ADP holds, as long as he doesn't creep into the top 24, I'm pretty okay with that. Again, just based on pure opportunity. Uh, and then kind of later down the line, in the eighth round, two of my favorite picks right now are Samaj P. Ryan at running back 37. I expect him to rise, but I would I doubt he would get more than like a sixth-round pick in redraft leagues unless the camp hype really is crazy. I like P. Ryan there. And I also like uh, Danny Woodhead at running back 38 as the Ravens uh, have kind of a, a, an unstable passing pass-catching pass corpse and uh, – Kenneth Dixon is suspended for the first four games. I like uh, I like Woodhead there in the eighth round as a pick. All right, I can't get on board with Gillisley. I just I, we actually have a question about him a little later on, uh, but I mean Patriots running backs, man. Cool. Yeah, let's save let's save the Gillisley debate yeah. for for a little bit later. Yeah. Um, next question comes from from Gareth Pullen. Uh, evening, Matt's please can i ask that if you see this one that you read or answer the question in an english accent again i'm from the uk and confirmed that Harmon's was actually very good well of course i can read it in the english accent i'm in a 10-man ppr league where oh no i feel like i'm blowing this now <laughs> oh god i'm in a 10-man ppr league where we can ha- <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> you should have practiced this first okay i'm gonna try again i'm in a 10-man ppr league where we can have a super flex but must start three wide receivers also how would you go about drafting in this league i know receivers and quarterbacks should be the priority but i'm tempted to go hipster and drift running backs early then stack up on some value wide receivers such as sneed crowder bryant garson john brown etc what do you think? Love the show. You literally save my commute every week. Gareth, P.S. How is Brew Dogs expansion in the USA going? They're pretty big over here, and I must say that Punk IPA is one of my favorites along with the Nanny State when I'm driving. Wait, you drink a beer while you're driving? I don't know. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, also, give Surrey Hills sheer drop a go if you're ever near London. It's from the place where the film Holiday was filmed. Uh, Gareth. Uh, well, uh, I, we have, I haven't heard of any of these any of these uh, brew, brew dogs expansions going on in the USA, but I'll have to keep an eye out for them. So, in terms of his, uh, I got to be honest. You got You you better answer this question first because I was so focused on nailing the accent that I need to go back <laughs> and read it again. Also, don't drink and drive. So yeah, uh, but I uh, I actually just finished up a super flex mock. Uh, within the last couple weeks here. And uh, I was able to get Dak Prescott in the fifth round and Tyrod Taylor in the sixth round. So I think because he said you got to start, what is it, start three wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would probably go two or three wide receivers off the, off the top to lock in your top guys. Uh, maybe two wide outs and a running back or two running backs and a wide out. Uh, however you want to balance that out and then start looking at quarterbacks, obviously feel the feel out how the draft is going. Um, you know, go look for a quarterback around the fifth round because there should still be enough guys that you can feel comfortable with there. Um, if you want to, you know, and get your second quarterback, maybe before the eighth round to use in your super flex. Um, so by the time I got Dak and Tyrod, I think I had Antonio Brown cause I had the first pick and three running backs. Um, so I balanced it out with the quarterbacks in the mid rounds there. And I feel okay about Dak and Tyrod. I mean, they're obviously not the like stud quarterbacks. Dak has some upside this year. Um, but I think 
I think sometimes people overvalue like getting that second quarterback in a super flex league. And when everyone's taking quarterbacks, you can get better better picks at running back or wide receiver. So don't let don't let Superflex go to your head because um, you can start other positions there. So if you get a, a you know a good player that you can pop in, I'm all for that. So you know, it just depends. It just depends on how cool you feel with a guy like Dak or Tyrod as your one and two quarterbacks, or if you want a guy like Aaron Rodgers and maybe uh, Derek Carr or something. You might have to reach a little earlier for quarterbacks. So I'm going to stick up for Gareth real quick here on the drinking and driving part. Like he says, you know, he likes the nanny state when he's driving. So I'm assuming that means like he's going to have a couple of them so that he's still fine to, to, you know, to drive home. Not like while I'm driving, I like to enjoy these beers. Uh, so maybe that that got lost in the accent there. I'm going to stick up for Gareth on that one. Uh, <laughs> what an, I'm an idiot. Uh, anyways. So uh, with a PPR league that also start that starts three wide receivers, I think like you've got to come out of the first four rounds with a few guys who have wide receiver one potential because just on a week to week basis, the advantage that they're going to give you uh, in terms of the ceiling is just too high to completely fade the position. In my opinion, um, I'm fine with obviously chasing some of these value guys like Snead and, and Martavis Bryant and Pierre Garcon, like I mentioned. Uh, however, I definitely want to come away with a stud or wide receiver or two. I mean, when in that's in that line of construction, it just makes so much sense to build around the wide receiver position. So I know the temptation is to go hipster, but I think if you're going to go hipster, maybe do it with the quarterback position rather than the wide receiver position. It's just it's just so much more important important, and uh, the value uh, over replacement is not as strong as it is with uh, with the quarterbacks. Next question, next question, Nicholas Manchester asks, Dearest fantasy hipsters, as we all know with the Seahawks, Marshawn Lynch was one of the most mainstream running backs in the NFL. But now that Beast Mode is back, I'm not sure how I feel about him. Should I bring him back like we hipsters brought back vinyls and ugly sweaters? Should I avoid him due to the risk of becoming too overrated? I want to make sure my team is hotter than an extra hot soy latte macchiato, but I'm afraid Lynch might be colder than a refreshing PBR. Thank you, Nick Manchester. Awesome hipster references uh, in there from from Nick. That was that was well done. You know, we talked about you said Lynch was definitely one of your overvalued guys at like a running back 10 price tag yeah um and i get that and talk about ugly sweaters you know you want to go and get your ugly sweaters from like a thrift store and like bargain bin shop for them you don't want to just go out like on the internet and, and pay for one like a like a jabroni uh so i think that's kind of the same approach you want to take with marshawn lynch uh, if you can get him in maybe like the fifth round sort of range i'm fine with it just because i think the td potential is so uh, so high and like in the fifth round he's not going to burn your team like you would if it's a running back 10 price tag so you know I think if like if he becomes mainstream again and you know everybody's drafting him in like the second round even the third round I'm probably almost completely out on that but like just like with ugly sweaters if you go if you're going into the thrift shop and you're paying a little bit of a discount totally cool with taking the shot on Marshawn Lynch because he used to be so cool and uh, you know he's fine fine to bring him back in because the situation's good in Oakland I mean and I think he can succeed uh, from a weekly perspective in terms of giving you a nice ceiling with the touchdowns, I think he can succeed despite the fact like there's a lot of questions. And again, if, if everything goes wrong, uh, he won't burn you too bad with the fifth round pick like he would at, at a running back 10 price tag. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's more of a flex guy than like an RB2 guy. So I'm not going for Lynch until I have 
at least two solid running backs already on my team and then maybe look for him like you said in the fifth round but we're and I mean he's probably you know fantasy pro says he's going at RB10 right now which is like ahead of Gronkowski and Aaron Rodgers and stuff like that so I can't I can't get him at that value but if he falls in your league I I feel like I feel like Lynch's ADP is going to be all over the place as the summer goes on like it just it's just going to really depend on how the guys in your league feel about him uh, but yeah, I'm not as high as his ADP says he should be taken right now. So if you can get him a value, do it. Fair enough. All right. Before we get into the Twitter questions franchise, do you want to tell us about our final sponsor this week and some pretty good news that, uh, that those guys got? Yeah, of course. Flag and Anthem. You guys know about Flag and Anthem. They're a, a men's clothing line. Uh, they got some press in men's journal this week. Uh, ahead of the 4th of July holiday because they have a lot of their shirts are red, white, and blue color themed, but it's not like that tacky American flag fireworks offensive like onesie jumpsuit with overalls <laughs> to make you look like a hick. This is how this is how you represent your country's colors in style, you know, classy. And uh, just like the article says, heck, you're as patriotic as the next, next guy, but that doesn't mean you've got a sport a star-spangled banner outfit with USA emblazoned across the chest this weekend. Uh, there, you know, there's other ways to show your American pride, so uh, why not go to flagandanthem.com, go to their shop, grab a shirt that has red, white, and blue, and while you're at it, get 25% off if it's your first order by entering promo code FANTASYHIPSTERS upon checkout. It's all one word, FANTASYHIPSTERS. I believe I saw yesterday on Twitter that they are doing free two-day shipping that ends very soon so that you can get your shirts for 4th of July if you want them. So make sure you double-check on that before you make your order. Uh, but definitely use the promo code FANTASYHIPSTERS either way. And cool to see one of our sponsors get some press in, like, a real outlet uh, men's journal. Right. Yeah, it's nice. I was good to good to see our bros get some get some pub there. Hell yeah! All right, let's let's jump into the Twitter questions. Uh, we've got a, a pretty good amount here. So at Jack R Tompkins asks Matt, do you follow English football? If so, do you have teams? If not, do you want help picking uh, franchise? You got any English soccer love in you? I do not really follow English soccer. I love a good soccer game, but I'm one of those guys who feels cheated when a match ends in a draw. Like, I just can't, I'm just like, wow, I wait, I just wasted two hours of my life to watch these two teams tie. Like, that's not cool, man. Like, figure something else out. I did you, I used to rock FIFA pretty hard on PlayStation back in college, but that was a lot. I hated FIFA. I was so, so bad at it and (laughs) just could never get good. And it's such a frustrating game. And even people that are good at FIFA will admit, I think if they're being real, that it's a frustrating game to play. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I was never a big fan of FIFA. I like to watch soccer and, you know, English football, etc. Um, definitely like really, really enjoy it. Like, especially once you like once you get to know uh, the game and how it's played and some of the intricacies of it, you can, you know, watch it and not be one of those goofballs. It's like I can't go. I can't deal with the fact like I go 30 minutes until they get a goal. Like it's a lot more fun to watch. And some of the buildup is great when you kind of know what's going on. But I don't really have a team and uh bro i'm barely loyal to my favorite football team so i don't know if you want me uh being a fan because it's just not in my blood just true true hipster take right there 
Yeah. I like watching it. I just don't want to care about any team. It just kind of like football. I, I like watching it, but I don't want to care about the team that I like. Yeah, so, I, I hear you. There's that's so, so much to ask. I just don't want to care about stuff. No, and soccer, just because I don't know so much about it, like it's so overwhelming because there's so many teams and like different types of leagues and stuff, and I just can't keep up with it all. And it's just, it's a whole different, it's a whole different ball game, if you will. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. All right, moving, Dad. Move, moving right along, Dad Chies. Uh, at teeny underscore foe underscore feeny. Ugh. Uh, teeny foe feeny. It's a weird Twitter handle. I recently read an article that said, since 2011, less than half of the previous top 12 running backs slash wide receiver repeat. Who do you think will be that this year? So do you have anybody that finished kind of in the top uh, 12 running backs or wide receivers that you think could fall out of the pack this next season? Uh, Mark Ingram was a top 10 guy last year. So was Frank Gore in standard scoring. They could probably both fall out. Um, and at wide receiver. Wide receiver, uh, Brandon Cooks jumps out to me at wide receiver eight. Um, uh, Devontae Adams at wide receiver seven. I think both of those yeah. guys are are primed to fall off. What do you, what do you, you think know, about? What do you think about Doug Baldwin? You think he can be a top 12 guy again? I think so. I mean, what's, you know, what's really changed in Seattle? I think yeah. he can see 120 targets again. You know, he's super efficient because Russell Wilson is super efficient. Um, you know, I, I don't, I think he's got plenty of potential. You know, it's not like he was like outrageously high touchdown rate. Like he was the season before he had seven TDs last year. So he he's, I can, wouldn't shock me, I guess, if he's like wide receiver 14, but um, I don't think he could see a precipitous fall. The two guys also, like at the back end, wide in standard scoring, wide receiver 11, Michael Crabtree, wide receiver 12, Amari Cooper. Yeah. Um, I could see one of those guys, you know, not finishing in the top 12 if the other uh, takes a step forward, whether it be, you know, Cooper gets more targets and especially more red zone looks or just yeah. Crabtree kind of takes a small step back. Uh, I could see either of those guys. And so, yeah, I mean, Adams and Cooks are the two obvious ones to me, one of the Oakland guys. And, you know, Jordy Nelson, wide receiver two overall, I could see him potentially not. It would be like a disaster scenario, but I could see the complete uh, wheels fall off scenario. And he he falls out of that that top 12. But that's obviously pretty unlikely um, Word. in terms Scared. of. Yeah. In terms of running backs, uh, Frank Gore is a good one to mention, along with Mark Ingram and LeGarrette Blunt at running back seven i would count him i would probably not give him much of a shot of finishing in the in the top 12 again but all those other guys feel you know we know that running back is the most volatile is one of the most volatile year-to-year positions uh and so any honestly any of these guys falling off shouldn't be a huge surprise whether it be just strictly because of injury or or what have you uh but the obvious guys are blunt uh ingram and gore and i think we should we should expect i can't like tell you who it's going to be but we should expect that a few of these other guys will will fall out as well and you know that's why strategies like zero rb or or what have you are are popular yeah i think the only guys you can really count on to repeat are david johnson lev bell antonio brown odell and ezekiel elliott those are the, the top five studs that should be even top at least 12 every season so yeah and it's it's obviously i'm not going to like sit here and predict which running back is going to get injured but if one of those yeah. guys suffers a season-ending injury you know right, they'll right. obviously be out too right. 
All right, next question. Uh, this one comes in from at SWA Pilot 57. Uh, beer take Galaxy on Fire by Knee Deep Brewing Company. Uh, Galaxy hops are very unique. Podcast question Why is Mike Gillisley going so late? All right, so you talked about Gillisley earlier. What's, what's your reasoning for being lower on him? And, and I mean, I don't know how much, uh, you know, we said running back uh, 25 in his ADP on fantasy football calculator. I don't know where he's going in like NFL 10s or anything, but, you know, running back 25 doesn't feel late to me. Yeah, he's running back 30 on fantasy pros, uh, 72 overall. So that's like seventh, eighth round range. Um, but I think he's going late, A, because he's a Patriots running back. They're so deep at the position. We can try to predict all we want based on what Gillisley did in Buffalo, like how great he's going to be. But we have no idea what the Patriots are going to do with their running backs. They still have James White. They have Rex Burkhead. Deion Lewis is hanging around. It's a game-to-game basis with the Patriots' backfield. Uh, and we've also never seen Gillisley. Last year, he had a career-high 101 carries. So we've never actually seen him like be a real workhorse. Yes, he was efficient with, with his touches last year. But 101 for a career high, I think it's hard for people to get on board with him seeing 200, 220 carries and really being like a top 10 type of guy. The, p- the potential is there, uh, but again, it's the Patriots we're talking about. So I think the kind of uncertainty is baked into that sort of like late, later middle round draft price for me. Uh, yeah, I, I, I hear you. Um, I like Gillisley because I think, I think he can easily be LeGarrette Blunt light and obviously LeGarrette Blunt best case scenario finished with running back seven, you know, last year as we were just talking about, and I, it's tough to project 18 touchdowns or, you know, league leading rushing touchdowns for, uh, for Mike Gillisley there, but he's definitely the first in line that you would imagine on this back in this backfield for that role. So for that reason, I think I can tell myself a story where he finishes in the top 20 and from a season-long perspective. Um, Blunt was easier to predict than people kind of gave him credit for. Again, when he played softer fronts or when the Patriots were going to win or you know projected to be pretty heavy favorites, you knew when to play Blunt and when not to play Blunt. And so in that case, I, I'm fine with Gillisley's price in the sort of sixth round range. Um, maybe again on a on a more like zero RB heavy team. Um, I'm I'm thinking about him more than than in a you know a, you know running back running back start or whatever. So I I don't know. I'm fine with Gillisley's price, but I don't think he's going late. I think he's like appropriately uh, valued right now. Yeah, me too. Me too. I definitely don't think it's late. Maybe this guy thinks it's late because he's like the number apparently the number one back in, in New England, but we don't know. We just don't know. All right. Next question. At underscore Eric Place, Adam Rank and James Coe recently identified Sam Bradford's long-ish sleeves as totally hipster. Are they really hipster? Okay, I looked into this, bro. I looked into it. Okay. There have been articles written about how long his sleeves are, and he's been asked questions by the press about it. He said, I like to feel uninhibited. When they are tight, they rub on your arm. That's why he said he has long sleeves. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a comfort thing for him, you know? So I guess maybe he feels his arm is f- more free to be flexible rather than those tight, those tighter sleeves you see in the younger guys where there's also a correlation here be- between veteran quarterbacks who have at least won a Super Bowl and long sleeves. So Tom Brady rocks them. Ben Roethlisberger rocks them. Peyton Manning had long sleeves. Tony Romo had long sleeves. Eli Manning and Aaron Rodgers, they all had long sleeves. But... 
Sam Bradford's are much longer than theirs. There was actually a whole, uh, there was actually two Twitter parody accounts created called, one is called at Bradford sleeves, just about how long his sleeves are. Um, and then, so the quote I said, I said earlier, that was from 2015. He actually was asked again about it before last year. And he said, I just don't like to feel restricted. I don't really know why they're that big, but I just don't like them touching my arms. I don't know. I'm just kind of weird about it. And then the article nicknamed him Sammy Sleeves. <laughs> well, I guess at least he's self-aware about the fact that he looks weird. Because uh, yeah. he definitely looks weird. I guess I think they're... I, I, I wear, like, long sleeves when I work out. Like, I wear, uh, like, a typical shirt. And then underneath the typical shirt, like, I'll wear, you know, like some like some long sleeves like and but not super tight like i try not to but but i mean sometimes they're tighter but other times they're a little looser i don't know i do i do definitely i like it just because you sweat more whatever i imagine that's not what he's going for but look um, but what we're talking about here we're not talking about actual long sleeves we're just talking about like the short it's a short sleeve jersey but the short part of the short sleeve like goes down to his elbow oh you know what i'm saying I guess. I, I don't know. It's just I'm, like a loose, like some quarterbacks like tuck it up under their shoulder pad. So it's like tucked like uh, Russell Wilson or Jameis Winston. But his are just like long, like, like kind of like a tube sock, like a yeah, long yeah, yeah. short. All right. I'm, I'm looking at it now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they're hipster. I think it's just kind of like a dad move. Yeah. I think it's more of a dad move than anything. Yeah. yeah it looks kind of goofy. He looks, I mean, he's always looked weird in his uniforms. Like the shoulder, when he was in Philly, like the shoulder pads were weight and the helmet were like way too big for him. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think he's just kind of a goof more than a hipster. He's a weird dude. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah. We're, we're not in on the Sam Bradford, uh, long sleeve thing. Yeah. Especially, damn, especially in the Eagles Jersey, dude, he looks terrible. I know uh, the Vikings seem to fit him a little bit better, but Holy hell. He looked off on that, in that Eagles uniform. Agreed. Um, all right. Next question at Ryan wanders. Hello. My question for you is which players do you ha- see having the biggest ADP shift from now till August injuries excluded uh i like this question a lot um i mentioned samaje p ryan who's like running back 37 right now he's someone i could really see taking a jump again if those those early season or those early camp reports are, are good if he's going out and blowing up the preseason he's someone i could i could definitely see all, all another rookie back to kareem hunt we've talked about him in previous episodes um, he's someone I could really see taking a jump into like the even this the sixth round range. Um, you got any other guys off the top of your head? Yeah, I got three guys here. So I think Devontae Parker, who's already generated a ton of hype, as has the entire Dolphins offense this offseason. I think, like you said, a lot of this will come down to like how these guys show in the preseason. Uh, he's wide receiver 41 right now going 104 overall. So that's 10th round. I think if he has a good preseason, he could jump into, like, the fifth round, depending on what people, like, you know, if we see his role really, really grow and he's serious and he's healthy. Uh, another guy, uh, Cameron Brait, who's tight end 20 right now, which is completely nuts. I think hard, uh, the Bucks are on hard knocks this year. So I think once hard knock starts airing and we sort of get an inside look at uh, the Bucks offense and who Winston is going to uh, in the end zone, I think Cameron Braid's going to jump tight end 20 is just 
basically free. Everyone thinks O.J. Howard, the rookie, is going to come in and steal the show, but I don't think it's going to happen in his rookie season. And I've already seen reports from Tampa Bay beat writers that Cameron Braid is the guy, and Braid and Winston are just on, on the same page. Um, hmm. And then one more guy is Matt Forte. Uh, he's old, yes, but he is still alive, and he's still on the Jets. Uh, the latest word out of the Jets is it's going to be a split backfield between, between him and Powell. The Powell hype, I understand it, but it's out of control. Uh, I'm not saying Powell won't take over the job eventually this season if Forte gets injured or whatever or just kind of stalls out. But Forte's RB 37, 99 overall, which is ludicrous for a guy who's had the type of career he's had. And he was he was a stud early last year. So RB 37, dude, Forte's his ADP has to climb a, a few rounds by the time August comes around. I see that. A couple other wide receivers I'd add to the list that I can see moving up. Uh, Martavis Bryant at wide receiver 24. Um, I, I think he could, is obviously a candidate to get even higher if he goes out and has some sick preseason plays. Get, um, get even higher? Was that a pun, bro? Moving on. Um, <laughs> and Stefan Diggs at wide receiver 35 right now on Fantasy Football Calculator. Like, that just doesn't wow. – like, that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. What? Um, and I would ex- – yeah, I would expect his price to come up into more of that fifth-round range, and I think that would be an appropriate jump. Um, hard for me to see, like, too many guys – you know, outside of injuries that would that would decrease. I think we're looking at right now more guys who could who could jump in value. Yep. All right. Next one comes in from at VR VR Cam Bruzy. I I don't know how to you know whatever. I don't know how, even know how to how to deal with that. Um, <laughs> do you think OBJ's or any player for that matters performance would be vastly improved by using Duchamp's grooming company products? Uh, yeah, of course we think that. Duh, bro. One hundred percent. Duh. Look better, play better. OBJ that's, will. That's OB, science. OBJ will look better when he's in the club, which will correlate to better play on the field. Yeah, obviously. Definitely, right. if you're use, use Duchamp's grooming, get your hair feeling better, get your beard feeling better if you're Odell Beckham. Ezekiel Elliott has a great beard. He could use some Duchamp's grooming. Yeah, underrated beard guy, Zeke, for sure. Definitely. He keeps it fresh. Next question Wacky Pappy. <laughs> dynasty ppr sammy watkins or tyree kill 2018 second round pick and paul perkins um what what wait, wait what is the question okay the, the it's a dynasty ppr which would you rather have sammy watkins or tyree kill a 2018 second round pick and paul perkins oh oh i see i see damn yeah, uh, my first instinct is to still say Sammy Watkins because I think he has top five uh, wide receiver potential. Pretty tempting, though. The other side of that is is pretty tempting. Can you make a convincing argument? I know you like basically hate Sammy Watkins. Uh, I don't, yeah, can you, I can't. Would you take the other side? I would take the other side because at least you're getting depth. Uh, you know Tyreek Hill is the number one target in Kansas City. Like you said earlier, the Giants don't have anyone else besides Paul Perkins. And you get a second-round pick next year. I would, I would much rather take that than risk the Sammy Watkins injury deal. So, I'm just not about Sammy. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, it's this, it's it is that that situation right now with Watkins where it's like if if he flops, I mean, I have nobody to blame but myself because of injuries. But I'm gonna still say Watkins on this side, but not as convincingly as I probably would have said so a few months ago. Yeah. Uh, next question at N Scof. 
so I don't know. Uh, getting so tired of these Twitter handles. Would you trade Amari Cooper and pick number seven for Sammy Watkins and pick number four in Dynasty? No, I'd rather have Cooper and the seventh pick. I don't think. Uh, well, actually, no. Now that I say that, there's a pretty there's a pretty decent drop off from the top, you know, four or five in Dynasty rookie drafts this year to the rest of the pack. But it's, I think I think I'd just much rather have Cooper at this point and. You know the picks can be kind of negligible, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with uh, with Cooper and pick seven. You would you take Watkins and pick four? I'm no. I'm also sticking with Cooper. I'm not a Sammy fan until he can prove that he can stay on the field. Like I just can't. Fair enough. Next question: PPR auction uh, keeper league torn on which two I should keep: Melvin Gordon, Michael Thomas, or Jay Ajayi? You start three wide receivers, two running backs, and a flex. All the same costs. Um, I'm going Michael Thomas definitely, and I would keep Jay Ajayi over Melvin Gordon. Might seem like a hot take. I don't know. Probably shouldn't be. Ajayi's awesome, and he's in a great situation this year. I, I think that uh, his situation is as good as Melvin Gordon's, and I think he might be a better running back. I would keep Ajayi and Gordon. Uh, I think those guys could combine for like 20, 25 touchdowns this year. Hmm. Yeah. Melvin Gordon's a touchdown machine, and Ajayi's just going to get all the touches in Miami. I love Michael Thomas, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm definitely going Thomas, but that's just me. Yeah. Uh, so we disagree there. Next question at Lions underscore stuff one. Uh, I have the fifth pick in a 14-team full PPR draft. I'm leaning Julio, but I'm curious if you think OBJ, LaShawn McCoy, etc., are better. Um, I can I can de- hear an argument for Beckham over Julio just because yeah. I think at some point Beckham is going to have like his, you know, freak. I mean, it sounds like crazy to say, like, you know, that he hasn't already, but like some kind of freak show, you know, blow up season. And I think this could be it. You know, like he won't be a guy that it would surprise me if he ever scores like 20 touchdowns in a season. Yeah. So I, I'm fine with going Beckham over Julio. Normally, I think I actually do make that pick, but not going LaShawn McCoy or any other running back over Julio. No, I think I go Beckham. Julio, just the touchdown upside concerns me, and it's been talked about a lot. He just True. Does, it's not a doesn't red zone get guy. the Yeah, he doesn't get the red zone looks. And yeah, I mean, we're still waiting for Odell Beckham's breakout season, so it could happen any year now. So this could be the year, so. Well, I don't know if we're waiting for like his breakout <laughs> season, but <laughs> I know that was a joke. Oh, I'm an idiot, sorry. Um, next question at <laughs> Bolt Gang Fang earliest i like this guy though he tweets us a lot so i'm not going to make fun of his uh, his twitter handle uh next question uh wait wait, i already said next question oh yeah i already had the twitter handle you're throwing me off franchise i need apparently i need a two-week break uh he asks earliest round to take a quarterback in a six point per uh passing touchdown league right um our buddy JJ Zacharyson has written about this before that it doesn't actually because everybody gets the bump. You know, of course, you then are going to get a tasty ceiling from guys who throw a lot of TDs, whether it's Breeze, Rogers, etc. But everybody gets the bump, so it's still just as easy to stream in those leagues as it would be in any other. Um, so I would still I would value the quarterback position basically the same way as yeah. you would in a standard league. Yeah, while all your bum league mates are taking quarterbacks in the second round, you can clean up at running back and wide receiver and then still get value later. It just, you know, it doesn't change anything for me. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I just try not to let it change uh it, my strategy that much. Yeah. Um but it, so earliest round I would go is probably still like the 5th, the 5th or 6th round. Yeah. And even uh, then I don't feel too good about it. Yeah. Uh final question of the week. 
comes in from at Tim Monk 85. He says, hi, guys. Thanks for the Crowder and Deshaun Jackson help last week. Here's another one. Best quarterback and wide receiver combos to target in drafts. This is a cool, this is a good question to me. Uh, I like getting uh, Michael Thomas and like again, if you're going to go uh, early quarterback, you could go Drew Brees. Uh, it's a, a more of expensive. It's a more of an expensive pair, but I think you can count on those guys more from a week to week perspective than maybe any of the others. And you know, Thomas is a second round pick right now. Brees is kind of in that fourth to sixth round range. I think you could go with that. Um, I kind of like the Des Dak stack. Yeah, that one makes me a little bit nervous just because yeah. uh, I don't think Dak has as high of a week-to-week f- ceiling. or f- Well, I don't think he has as, as great of a week-to-week floor as a player like Breeze does. Right. Uh, and Dez, too, is – is I th- I'm fine with him being, like, my second wide receiver. I think we talked about this last week. And, like, because yeah. he could be a bit more touchdown dependent than some of these other guys. So I don't know how I feel about that one. Um, AJ Green and Andy Dalton, because Dalton's cheap and Green was, you know, he's a boss last year. There's really nothing that's changed. And Dalton, I think, should have a pretty good season with all of the weapons around him. Um, And other than that, though, like there's maybe, maybe Luck and Moncrief, but they kind of go in the same range. Um, There's not a ton of others that are really jumping out to me. I think maybe if you take Cooper in like the second or third round, you could try to get Derek Carr a little later. True. Yeah, I can I can see that, but uh, it's he's one that like also Cooper can be a bit volatile week to week, and like I don't know if I want to just take in the extra. I don't like it's a, I mean it's a high variant strategy, which is why I don't right is why it can be risky. But I don't know. That's why I like the Thomas and Breeze one because both those guys feel pretty secure week to week. But the other the other thing is like if you're if you have the stack and you're the team has a bad game it doesn't score a lot of points you're kind of out of luck for the week yeah the only like the if you're going to do the stack it has to be on an offense that you think could have a historic you know 2012 2013 whatever that year is that the broncos had the 2013 denver uh like that year you know and all like basically all tides stayed afloat because peyton manning had a historic season so that's why it's like it better be you know an elite quarterback or in an elite offense so that's why i kind of like that pairing whereas guys like yeah like you said if the quarterback flounders then the wide receiver could easily flounder um as as well so so keep that in mind when you're approaching uh the stacks well that is going to do it for this male satchel episode of the fantasy hipsters podcast and it's going to do it for this podcast for a little bit franchise uh, that was good the good good batch of questions there to close out on that was good. I enjoyed it. I've enjoyed doing this podcast with you. I hope you have a great 4th of July weekend. And to all the bums out there, you guys have a good 4th of July too. All right, everybody. Well, we'll see you when we see you. Let's let's just put it that way. We hope that we can, we'll be back with this podcast after this little hiatus. Uh, and we hope you all have a great 4th of July. And in the meantime, make sure to follow Franchise at Matt Franchise on Twitter. Um, check out everything he's about to be cranking out in for the preseason uh, at NFL.com slash franchise. And you can follow me, of course, at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. Uh, go to receptionperception.com to find out how you can get access to all the data this year. And, of course, most importantly, you know, just follow. Go get our sponsor stuff. Those guys were pretty cool to take a chance on a little upstart podcast like us. So Marciante and Company, Do Champs Grooming, Flag and Anthem, Reality Sports Online. We definitely want to thank them. Uh, for reaching out and we want to thank you all for supporting this podcast as well and so uh, until we see you all again hipsters out hipsters out